Hey guys, welcome to Catholic in America. Today we are talking about whether you should be a Christian or a Catholic. Some of our talking points today will be, is Catholicism necessary? Can't I just be a good Christian without all the extras? And are Catholics even Christian? So if you're a Christian and wonder why Catholics are so weird, then this is the show for you. Welcome back to Catholic in America. Today we're talking about Catholics and Christians. Uh, I'm Father Michael Nixon. I'm joined today by Father Doug Martin and Father Tom Dillon. Please like, share, and subscribe. All right, guys. So th this topic comes up because a lot of times people ask the question, I am a Christian. Why would I need to be Catholic? All that extra stuff. So let's, let's look, look at this question a little bit, this topic of, of Christians and their critique, different Protestant denominations, non-denominational, their critiques of Catholicism. What are some of the things that you've heard? Um, well, you know, one of the things that, that I heard quite a bit and actually made the accusations myself was, what's all the, it, it, we have a lot of, a, there's a lot of unnecessary stuff added into Catholicism. Uh, I mean, there, there's too much. There, there's a lot that's been added onto it that's just not even really necessary. What's the point of some of the, some of the things that Catholics believe? Why do we really have to have that for the gospel itself? Yeah, and another, obviously another question, which is oftentimes uh, leveled to Catholics, is uh, are you actually even followers of Christ? You, right. Aren't you papists? Do you follow the Pope? Yeah. Uh, all these uh, accusations of well, Christians, are, Christians are followers of Christ versus Catholics are not actually authentic Christians. Or followers which, of the Pope or followers of Mary or something right, like that. Right. Uh, something that, that, some, that comes up sometimes, and we've talked about the book Mere Christianity, but people kind of want to have like, what are, what are the fundamentals? What are the things that I need to have? Fundamentalism here in the United States as, as a movement in Christianity kind of came from that. You know, that I believe in Jesus, I believe in the resurrection, I believe in the inspired word of God, I believe I'm saved by faith in Jesus, and that's kind of it. Anything outside of that is superfluous. And, and I think that's one of the, the, the critiques or struggles that people have when they see Catholics with all this, this extra stuff. So what, what, what are some of the other things that people have? Maybe, uh, I mean, in your yeah. own life, Father Doug, you actually converted to become Catholic. Uh, so what, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, for, for me, I'll, I'll never forget, um, after I had, had come into the church, my parents had told people about it. My parents were um, were Protestant, they were Methodist growing up. And, and of course, in the Methodist church, we really didn't view, at least in my experience, we really didn't view Catholics as not Christians. And so the response that my parents got was very offsetting to them. When, when they would tell people that I had come into the Catholic church, lots of comments, and it was the exact same lots of times, is, well, I guess he just doesn't want to be Christian anymore. Wow, yeah. So and that, 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 that was there. So we're going to get into yeah. your why for becoming uh, Catholic, which I think is fascinating and really, really important, and, and paying a big price for becoming Catholic as yeah. well. But I think, too, one of the things, recognizing that most Catholics, many people believe, aren't Christians, as we've yeah. said. And if they are Christians, maybe it's in spite of being Catholic. Not because they're Catholic, but it's right. kind of like, you know, even though they had all this Mary and rosaries and novenas and stuff going on, they still managed to find Jesus somewhere along the way and put their faith in him. So, so, so right. they the superstitions, that. yeah, all the superstitions that Catholics have, that, that you're saved by this, by this incantation or by this devotion that you have to something that's just, again, unnecessary. Why not focus on Jesus? Why are you focused on anything else but Jesus. So yeah, so go, going along with that then, why do you think, particularly we're here in America, this show is Catholic in America, we're in the American 
um, context that why, why is it so easy for people or so common for people to not, not understand Catholics as Christians or at least to find their Christianity a little bit suspect? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, some of the reasons for that is, is you know, we, we were a dominant Protestant or non-Catholic country. I mean, the people who came here were, were non-Catholic. And so, you know, the, the culture itself is built on Christianity, but it's built on a reduced form of Christianity that we actually call Protestantism that's not Catholic. And so anything that's added onto that, anything that's above and beyond that is seen as weird, even inside their own groups. It's, it's not as if it's just a Catholic critique to say, oh, well, you add on to things. It, it's, it's a critique that they make of each other as well. But, but I mean, I think one of the reasons is, is because Catholicism isn't a simple explanation. Mm, yeah. Catholicism takes nuance. It takes time to explain. And one of the reasons why Protestantism became so popular at the time of the Reformation was is you had these simple slogans, faith alone, scripture alone. It, you don't need much ex explanation for those things. But when you start saying that a Catholic believes in tradition, well, now you've got to explain how does that even fit into right, sola right. scriptura. Well, some, what, are, what are some of the whys that you've seen of why it's so easy to dismiss Catholicism or to at least hold it kind of in a suspicion from this American Protestant context? I think uh, simplicity. I mean, really, that's what I, I see it coming down to more than anything else is people who want simplicity. Um, they want a simple faith. They want something which is easy to digest, easy to understand. Um, salvation should, God, God is simple, salvation should be simple, Jesus came for a simple reason, save humanity, why all this complexity? So Yeah, I mean, I always come back to that Mark 7, um, where it says, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, you replace the traditions of God with traditions of men, and you know, that, that some people, that's kind of sure. Catholic actions, prayers, liturgies, vestments, statues, Incense, you know, the, the, is, bells. Is, is bells yeah. is all kind of it is it is that to a T, and so it's fine that you do that. I mean, if, if you're ever you know, come from a generous perspective, it's fine that you Catholics do that, but I don't need to do that. And right. and so even in in and kind of even simplifying more from what Martin Luther was trying to do. Martin Luther still had a very high church understanding of things, still um, very liturgical, Eucharistic, baptismal. Marian, you know, Marian, he believed in, in in Mary's intercession and everything right. else. That it's gotten more and more simplified, particularly in the American context, to where it's more or less a sinner's prayer for a lot, for a lot of people. That, that that's that's the heart of it. That I confess that I'm a sinner, that I need a savior, and I and I, I receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and that's really it. Everything else is sort of like window dressing. Is kind of right. is kind of you know um, additions onto that. And then you hear a Catholic come along, and be like, well, no, you need the Eucharist. No, you need yeah. baptism. You need uh, you know relationship with the rest of the church. You need to go to confession. That that seems like uh, a bridge too far for a, a lot of people. Yeah, I mean it does. And 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 also you know Christianity, especially Protestantism, is a very spiritual thing. And so anytime you start making those spiritual connections to the real world, there's a little bit of suspect nature to it because how. How does grace work in these uh, in these areas? How does grace work through water? How does it work through bread and wine? How does it work through, you know, a rosary or praying using a statue? I mean, all those sorts of things. Because grace is really supposed to be a spiritual, personal relationship, and not and when you necessarily say, a corporate. And, thing. and when you say spiritual, you mean invisible. Invisible, exactly. Invisible. Right. So like it's an invisible thing, which is non-material. Yeah, non-material, which is what I've seen. And um, I have a lot of a lot of Protestant family and things like that mm -hmm. in my own uh, family and grew up with that. So, but yeah, it goes to that, that whole notion is that my relationship with God, God is invisible. He presents to me spiritual, invisible realities. And so there's a, there's a mistrust 
um, or a skepticism of anything which has to do with visible, tangential, carnal realities. Thus, right. thus the sacraments themselves, which are visible expressions where God works through visible signs of grace and works through these visible carnal things, like they become very suspect. And like, the first Christians didn't do all these things. We don't need to do all these things. We need to go back to an authentic early Christianity. And we, can, we can talk about mm -hmm. early Christianity here, we can. here, here in a second. Yeah, yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Going back, how much do you think that the expression of a lukewarm a, or cultural Catholicism has to do with the, the witness that Catholic gives. How much do you think that that, that maybe has to do with people having the, the like questioning that are they even Christians? Sure, I mean, you know, asking uh, asking just an everyday Catholic a question and they're not able to actually answer what they believe. I mean, that happens quite a bit. Thankfully, it's starting to happen less, but it happens quite a bit. And then also not being able to quote scripture, not really having a relationship with scripture itself. Not supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. I mean, or that, that people see, hey, when you read the Bible, say, I'd never read the Bible. That, that to me right. would be like, well, that means you're not a Christian. Don't carry your Bible if, to church. Yeah, you don't, so carry, you don't have Bible studies. You that, don't have, that, that's, you know. that's a benchmark that people or a, a, a Absolutely. Know, perspective that people have. And I think another too is is that um, the idea of rote prayers, of, of written prayers, that you aren't praying from your heart. There's a certain aspect of Catholics not being able to, to use extemporaneous prayer. And, and because of that, it's seen as not a relationship. I mean, I even heard it put to me as it would be like if you were talking to your wife and you only read out of a book to her. Hmm. What kind of personal relationship can you have with someone in that way? Interesting. So we got a little bit into the what. What is the, the disconnect as far as you know, Catholics and Christians, particularly in this country, even though actually Catholics are the majority in this country. Right. Um, you know, maybe this single is single denomination. Yeah, it's a single, single denomination. denomination. As, uh, the, as some suspicions towards Catholics, maybe, and some of the why, why people can believe that. When we can come back after this break, we're going to talk a little bit more of, of how we can respond to that, how we can engage with this question of Catholicism and Christianity. Are you a Catholic or a Christian, or are you both? And if you are a Christian, why would you ever consider becoming a Catholic right after this message? Hey guys, thanks for checking out Catholic in America. I'm Father Michael Nixon, and I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Father Tom Dillon, uh, priest here in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. I think I have the longest hair in the, probably the state, and uh, I too like to party. I like whiskey and cigars. Father Doug Martin, I'm also a priest here in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, and I'm married and roll tide. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> I was okay with the being married part, but the tie thing. <laughs> in Catholic in America, we engage the intersection between faith and culture. Tune in every week because no topic is out of bounds. We want to thank you so much for supporting this show by watching it, by liking, sharing, and subscribing. How else can they support the show? You can also become a patron on Patreon and support us financially. So if you support us, there's all kinds of swag. There's t-shirts, there's coffee mugs, or maybe bumper stickers. I don't know, maybe we could come up with a wig from Father Tom. <laughs> Father Tom wig would go, go a long way. So thanks for your support. God bless y'all and check us out next time on Catholic in America. Hey guys, welcome back to Catholic in America. Today we're talking about Catholic or Christian. Please like, share, and subscribe. As always, we thank all of our supporters, and if you'd like to support us, please support us on Patreon. So first of all, guys, 
are Catholics Christians? I think that, 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 that's, that, that's the question that comes up for all of us. So what do y'all yes. think about this? No. Oh my gosh. Well, that's we what we're Thank you guys for being here with us. Yeah. It goes, it, I mean, the, it's a false dichotomy, but it goes to how do you evaluate what does it mean to be Christian? Okay. So like, yes. what does it mean to be Christian? And like, that is, I think, where the false dichotomy comes in. It's like different standards of evaluating what does it mean to be Christian? Because if the standard of evaluating Christian is have I given my life to Christ? Yeah, obviously, all Catholics are Christians, mm-hmm. and but it's, it does go into like people who are like, well, how do I judge and how do I evaluate that? But yes, um, from our from the Catholic perspective, obviously, is that I mean we're three Catholic priests. Yeah, uh, like when you ask like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Like I can give you our Nicene Creed, I can give you the, the mm-hmm. Apostles' Creed, but like, I believe in this. Yeah, this right. is what I believe. So like when people ask me like as a Catholic, like, well, what do you believe? Like, do you believe? Are you a Christian? I'm like, this is what I believe. That's what creed means. I believe this is this is the basic tenets <laughs> of my belief, and so I hand people as like this is what I believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ as only Son our Lord, and that's that's the beauty of having the creed. There's obviously more to that. We're not going to go through all that today, but well, and I think for most of the history of Christianity, being a Christian, being a Catholic, would be I've been baptized. Yes. And most denominations, up until very recently, where baptism has now, in, in many denominations, is basically a sign, a symbolic action, right. of what's already taken place, that as a rational person, past seven years old, I've made, I've prayed the sinner's prayer, I've made a profession of faith, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. People say that and think that that is, is what Christianity has always been. But in a sense, that baptism has, has usually been the benchmark. Yeah, I'm baptized. Right. The idea that I just have to pray a prayer and that I have to be baptized. That in Scripture, you know, it, it, that what Scripture teaches about baptism is that it's a public profession of my faith. Yeah, you're right. It's a very recent idea that, that, that baptism is simply just that, a public profession of my faith, which has caused some Protestants to, are, to, to question why we even baptize at all. If the statement can be made, why do we need a baptism to make the statement? Well, because Jesus did it. And so you, you kind of get into this, I'm not sure why we're doing it anymore. But yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea of, of identity of being Christian is, is especially in the American context, it's trying to draw it down to all right. What's absolutely essential? What's the not not what's the least we can believe in, so that we can have faith to try and be you know negative about it. But the least we can believe in, so that we can include more people into it. And so what happens is, is when you begin to do that, then you know as a, even as a Protestant, you have to begin to agree that that Catholics are Christian. Except you start to say, well, it's all these other stuff that they add on, they add on that makes them not Christian. And so it's kind of this, this nebulous place where Protestants live to, to actually accuse a Catholic of not being a Christian when we say, well, we have the same creed, though. And then they, the response is, well, why do we have to go beyond that? Yeah, but I also, I mean, going back to, like, from the Protestant perspective, um, or at least the mainstream Protestant perspective, yeah. is, like, this was the value um, of answering also this question from a Protestant perspective of the Lambeth Council which most of the mainstream Protestant churches were present at as the Protestants themselves met together and they recognized the need for all the disunity which was present in the world and present in the Protestant denominations. It's like at Lambeth they came together as, and they had this council of what does it mean to be Christian? Like what unites us all together despite our differences? Because the Protestants have a huge amount of differences that are very among them. And so like at the Lambeth Council, they decided, all these Protestant denominations, that, like, what does it mean to be Christian? Well, uh, belief in the Trinity, 
So do I believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that the equality of the persons of the Trinity was extremely important. Classical That's, definition. Yeah, the yeah. classical mm -hmm. definition of the Nicene, the Nicene definition of, of the Trinity, right. and the definition of that, what, that you, salvation is necessary through Jesus Christ and, that, and of baptism. Now, right. the, there was disagreement on what baptism was and how it was performing things like that, but when, those, those, three, those three things that and when, came... when did this happen, the Lambeth? Early 1900s. Yeah. Early 1900s. Okay, interesting. So from a, that's, and that's from the Protestant perspective. So that's, that's where, like, our, to answer that question, is are Catholics Christians? From that definition... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, believe in the, yeah. we believe in the Trinity. We have the uh, baptism, as well as that we profess our faith and salvation through Jesus Christ. So we're, we're safe there. So I think, <laughs> yeah. so then, then to me, it, it, it draws us to the deeper question about what about all the extras? And are these extras? Are these extras or are these integral parts of our faith that our Protestant brothers and sisters, maybe those that are watching today that aren't Catholic, that you would see that as, as just sort of a strange add-on? Because um, in a sense, you know, I think about this perfect example is the seven books of the Old Testament that are, that are in the Catholic Bible and not in the Protestant Bible. And right. people will say like, to Catholics, well, why did you add those books? And we're like, we didn't add those books. Those books have been there the whole time. Martin Luther and the Reformers took those books out. Right. So that, you know, we don't have to get into, in, into the, the history of that, but this, this reality of, of, of add-ons and, and are these additions and how can maybe people who aren't Catholic begin to view these aspects of the faith that might be strange to them? Well, let's start off with, let's, I think that it's important to kind of distinguish, like, what are we talking about in terms of the add-ons? Like, are we talking about, because sacraments, so like the seven sacraments, or however many, if you're Protestant, how many sacraments you agree to. So are the, are the sacraments add-ons, or were they present in the early church? That's a valid question. Um, as well as like the Bible. Like, are, was is the Bible, did the Catholic Church add on extra books, um, or did the Protestant reformers subtract certain books from it? So like, what are we talking about in terms of add-ons? As well as like, then you start getting into like popular piety and popular devotions, like saints and relics and all these uh, weird, all these weird Catholic things. Like we have like the head of Catherine of Siena in this reliquary box, which is a little bit creepy. As well as like we have these bone churches and like so like, like then you start getting into cultural customs. So like I think it's important to like kind of distinguish uh, distinguish between like the popular piety stuff, as well as then the sacramental stuff and then the the scriptural stuff because like those are. Th I would put those in three kind of different categories of hmm. are they are they in fact add-ons and I mean, Doug, you're coming. You came from a Protestant perspective, so what would you uh, say, especially in terms of like the scripture? You know, the idea in American evangelicalism is is that you know this analogy of the water's purest closest to the source. That the the closer we get to biblical times, the closer that we use the uh, the apostles and and the martyrs, I mean the apostles in, in the scripture itself, that we find a, a more simplistic idea and view of Christianity. And so why would we need anything more than that? Why would there need to be something extra, you know, that, that's used or added on? But then maybe the struggle is when you get back down to the source, you look at the early church, you look at the, the, the church fathers, the patristics, everything. They have liturgy, they have sacraments, they have an understanding of the martyrology and the saints, and they have you know, a, a Mariology, and, and, and maybe not developed in the same way that, that, that we have today, but that, that, that maybe is, is one of the well, biggest surprises when people begin to study the early church, is it doesn't look like right. your local Protestant church, it looks a lot closer to a Catholic or Orthodox church. And so, and so one of the things that I did when I was, when I was 
when I was determining whether I really wanted to be Catholic or not and how, you know, how legitimate is this idea of Catholicism is, is I took something that I believed was distinctively Catholic and said, okay, let's test the theory. Let's see this doctrine in the early church. And so the one thing I took was purgatory because I thought that's a distinctively Catholic idea. Yeah. And so I went to the early church and began to read. Started, you know, with Irenaeus and Ignatius. I mean, just coming forward. And it was the worst subject I could have used because if there's one thing that is almost universally held in the early church, I mean, there's always a few exceptions. But if there's one thing that's universally held, it was purgatory. And it was then I was like, oh, crap, I picked the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, think that, I think that also on that on that point, there is a there's a misunderstanding, especially, and this is where there, I, I see a seemingly disconnect between some branches of Protestantism and uh, the Jewish roots. And that's where there's a lot of misunderstanding yep. with, the, with Catholicism is because as Catholics, we are people who are rooted in not 2,000 years of history. Right. Hmm. We're not 2,000 year old. We're rooted in four to 5,000 years because we see ourselves as the fulfillment of the Jewish faith. And so right. like our roots as Catholics are founded, we believe like when you look at Jesus, Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And mm. so many of, the, many of the practices of Catholicism are misunderstood by our Protestant brothers and sisters because they are rooted in Jewish practices and in the Jewish traditions. Absolutely. Right. Ves vestments, the Passover meal, the the, the ablutions of, oh, yeah. of, of baptismal. Even the, even the, um, sac yeah. the sacraments themselves, the seven sacraments, which we were like, well, those, those, those sacraments developed over time, which they did, like the form of how they're actually practiced and the way in which they, yeah. they came to be and where they are today. But still, they're the, the kernels, the seeds of the sacraments, like you can find in the actual ministry of Jesus. Every single one of them you find directly in the scriptures. And then there, the sacraments grow like a seed into the fullness of the, of the faith. Right. I mean, yeah. even 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 our vestments, the way that we worship, the items that we use in worship—a tabernacle, candle, well, relics. incense, relics. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you think that that? Uh, and I brought this up once with I was with a group of Protestant pastors, and we were listening to a a uh, N.T. Wright, who's a, who's an Anglican uh, theologian, and his main kind of critique of Protestantism is a forgetfulness of our Jewish history, that Jesus and Paul, the writers of the New Testament, the new perspective, that they're coming yeah. out mm -hmm. of not a 16th century rejection of Catholicism, they're coming right. out of a Jewish perspective that, that they would see as the fulfillment. Which is, not of, a Jew, which is not a rejection of the Jewish. Right, exactly. It's not, not a rejection, exactly. but a fulfillment of, they would see this as, these are my people, and this is, this is you know, that Jesus is the Messiah, which a forgetfulness of that, in a sense, we have a very American version of Jesus and the Bible that we've inherited. And so everything gets viewed through that lens. And so everything becomes basically a slick slogan. It becomes a, you know, that, that's where we get things as far as like the, uh, you know, prosperity gospel, other right. kind of, I would say, ab modern aberrations of Christianity that forget where we've come from or have rejected it um, entirely. Well, and also going back to, I mean, the foundation of like the Protestant uh, split was this rejection of tradition. Mm. and the rejection of tradition and all that came before. But there's sometimes people don't realize like the tradition model of the, of the balance between scripture and tradition or the word of God, the written word of God, which was always first oral. So the oral way in which God spoke to the people and then later transcribed down into the words and therefore what we call the word or the scripture. But then you also have tradition which goes side by side with that. And that's not a, that is not a creation of the Catholic Church or the Orthodox Church. That is, that is the foundation of Jewish, of the Jewish, because the Jewish have the word of God, yeah. 
But then they also have the living tradition, which is the Midrash. It's the Talmud. It's the Targum. It's these. It's, it's their liturgies it's, as well. Like yeah, the way you worship well. too, the synagogue, yeah. central. The synagogue, synagogue worship as well as the temple. I mean, when you look at like the Catholic uh, Mass, like it is, it is the fulfillment of the temple. Mm, like yes. and so, this this temple temple worship, but not the old temple of Solomon, but the new temple of Jesus Christ, which is His living body, mm-hmm. um, which is the church. So, like, but if if you're not familiar, and that's where actually I've talked with many Jews, Jews who convert yeah. uh, to Christianity, and I've I've and I've talked with Jews who are like the reason why I chose Catholic was because it made sense because right. like I saw my Jewish heritage, I saw my Jewish roots mm. present in this, and that's where I think that this kind of this maybe a revisionist or a forgetfulness. Of of where like the Jewish roots of Christianity come from has led many people into this false understanding that okay well Catholics do all these weird things and they create these in the eighth century or the ninth century or the twelfth century and the uh, second century or the first century yeah, yeah. or like, Constantine <laughs> Constantine and the yeah. that's another one I hear a lot Constantine yeah. created the Catholic Church right. when he institutionalized it and made it legal although like if you go back like no Irenaeus Ignatius Polycarp you have all these writings. Climate, yeah. I mean, well, it's, yeah. But also, you, you have an explanation for, for these things that is called add-ons. Um, and, you know, it was written in, in the late 1800s by St. John Henry Newman. And the idea of the development of doctrine itself, and you've already alluded to that in talking about the seed and how it grows into the tree itself. And, and the, the idea that, that doctrine develops, that an idea is there, and that the church, through the understanding of Scripture and tradition, and the the body, the the corporal body of itself develops. It doesn't it doesn't evolve. It develops. In other words, we understand things better. The for, the more we think about it, the more we pray about it, the more we discuss these things, we come to a fuller understanding of what was actually meant in the early church. So yes, we believe that the source is purest, but we don't believe that what comes down the stream is not pure. And that's kind of a little bit of the difference here is, is that what happened immediately afterwards, mm. matter of fact, I've heard Protestants say, did the church go off the rails fast? Of course it did. Look at Galatians. Here's Paul talking to the Galatians and saying, you stupid Galatians. He's talking to the Corinthians. Who are you following? Apollos, Paul, Cephas? Which, which interestingly, and I believe it's the letter to Timothy, that Paul commands Timothy and he says, hold to the traditions that I have handed down to you. Because he's creating a new tradition, a new cycle, which is apostolic. Which comes back to the foundation of, because I I heard a, a pretty, you know, solid Protestant pastor and his critiques of Catholicism basically talking about the add-ons, you know, he talked about the Council of Trent in the 16th century and other things too, but not recognizing the foundation, because his is like, it's all about the Bible, but not recognizing the Bible comes to us from the church, that the church founded by Jesus Christ, and this is this is historical, everything else, the church sure. founded by Jesus Christ, they're the ones who told us the Bible, which which were the inspired books of the Bible. They're the ones, and that came through the church's tradition, it came through the church's liturgy, what do we use to worship? So in a sense, if you read the Bible, for anyone watching at home or listening or anything else, if you read the Bible, you can thank the Catholic Church. Yeah. That, that's that's where it comes from. That's not a, a note of arrogance or anything else. No, no, it's not. You know, but it's, it's, it's a statement of fact, because recognizing that it's that same church that gives us the sacraments and the same church that gives us the ways of praying and the acts of charity and the witness of the saints and, and everything else are all part of that same reality. Well, so if you're rejecting the Catholic Church, you're kind of rejecting the branch that you're sitting on. I mean, it was Athanasius, <laughs> it was Athanasius the uh, one of the early bishops in the third century, who led multiple councils as well as pushed for the for the 
writing down of the New Testament, making sure that the New Testament was codified, that we had a New Testament books. Or recognizing which recognizing books. Recognizing yeah. which yeah. books yes. should be recognized as the Word of God. Because up until that point, there was no, there was no uh, Bible. Like you had the Old Testament, That's which it. was referred to as the Tanakh, mm-hmm. or you had the Old Testament writings of the Septuagint in Greek. But then you have like, well, what books do we, are in the New Testament? Because that's where sometimes people are like, well, we always have had the Bible since the beginning. No, the Bible didn't come about yeah. until Athanasius and then later Augustine and Jerome in the early late 300s, early 400s started really getting to vote the, 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 the books of the Bible. What books should be in the Bible? And they fought like cats and dogs. Well, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, where did, and where did these letters come from? Where did these books come from? They came from the heart of the church itself. It was people in the church that wrote these and that resonated with those communities that really gave us the opportunity opportunity to be able to recognize that God is still working, God was still writing, and of course there was an end to it. Nonetheless, that this was written by the church, that it was confirmed by the church for the church. One of the analogies that I think is is appropriate, particularly with um, people who are Christians and say, why would I want to become Catholic? In a sense, the analogy of like you have a big ship, one of these big giant ships that has, has been broken apart, and you can use part of the ship, you can like, you know, you can, you can you know put part of the sail and you know on some some splinters of wood and you can you can go somewhere or you can use right. you know the, the compass that was on the ship and you can so you can still direct things but when you put the whole ship together that's when you recognize okay this is what we mean by the fullness of the faith fullness. when we say that the Catholic Church is is the fullness of the revelation of God that 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 we're um, in in union with that 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 it really it kind of makes sense it's like so I can use every aspect of this not just because in the splintering you have people that are Pentecostal or people that are yes. Bible alone or people that are very liturgical like the Anglicans or people that are social justice or people that are all these different things. So like, well, as members of the church, we have the whole thing as ours and we get to be part of this of this reality that God himself has made. And it was that understanding of Catholic, not as universal in the sense of as everywhere, yeah, but the Catholic, the idea of Catholicism and Catholic being the fullness of the truth is where the fullness resides. That that really was the most appealing thing to me because I always felt like I was floating on one of those. You know, right. And, and we've talked about we were we were talking about this uh, uh, at a different point, but uh, not today, but in a prior conversation. The the mechanisms, like the Catholic Church has mechanisms in place that were the mechanisms placed by Jesus to lead the church, not just into an evaluation of the past and the present moment, but leading it into the future. And so like the, 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 yeah. advan- the advantage of the Catholic faith is like with the mechanisms in place that we have, both from scripture, tradition, from the writing of the saints, like we have a pathway forward to dealing with all of the modern day problems as well as any problem that the future addresses to us, whether it be cloning or whether it be advances in technology, like all these things are mechanisms. Aliens. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, like we, yeah. have, we have mechanisms in place which are founded in the fullness of the truth and the fullness of our Catholic faith, which if you go back to the simplistic, the source, the waters of the source of the purest, yeah. like how, how do you deal with modern technology and the moral implications of modern technology from a very simple um, approach to scripture, which, I mean, to a certain extent, then becomes my own personal interpretation, which is a danger because it just becomes kind of a relativistic well, um, I mean, and even more than that, how, if, if you're going to where the, the source is purest, how do you even deal with what the source is? How do you deal with which books are supposed to be in the Bible, which ones aren't? How do you deal with answers that, that aren't there in Scripture itself for how the community is supposed to act and, and how it's supposed to be formed and those sorts of things? I mean, you don't, there's some questions that aren't there. I mean, I mean some answers that aren't the there. The Bible doesn't questions. tell you what books are in the Bible. They don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's not a list. It's well, not like, and also the, the Bible, yeah. nowhere in the Bible does it say, 
rely upon the Bible alone. No. Like this notion of sola scriptura. It says all scriptures inspired and, yeah, and, you it know, it talks and profitable about, for teaching yeah, and correction. And that, well, but, matter of fact, yeah. it says the, the source of truth is the church. Pillar and foundation of the truth. That's right. Is, is, yeah. So for somebody who's maybe looking at Catholicism for the first time, sees a lot of strange things, and there are lots of strange things in Catholicism. Maybe no it's, doubt. It's, 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 it's a worldwide church. We're part of something, you know, you might see traditions from other countries. It's not an American church, <laughs> though Americans are Catholics, um, or Catholic, Americans can be Catholics. Right. Uh, so what would you encourage someone to take a look at and to explore and why they should think about being Catholic. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, how can be, be, becoming a Catholic, coming into full communion with the Catholic Church impact and improve your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, my gosh, I mean, what a big question, um, just to kind of uh, narrow it down. But, but, you know, I'd get back to what I was saying earlier, which is fullness, the fullness of the truth itself. That, no, it's, it's not as if you're, you're coming into this and you're looking for that safety of, well, I know the answers, what the answers are, so I don't have to think about it. The church encourages you to think for yourself. So the most critical form of, of religion that there is, but the philosophy that comes out of it, the self-criticism, much less the criticism that comes from other people. And so what, you, what you're really getting is something that has a rich history, but not just a rich history, but speaks into the future itself, speaks to the current and modern problems that we have but also a place where you find community. And when you do find a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, everything that you're looking for, plus more. Yeah, I'd say depth. Mm. Um, I'd say that there's a depth to the Catholic Church. Um, and then, and then you, you can also drown in the depths. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why the depths, and that's why like the initial response to like the Catholic Church that I see at times from people is like, oh my gosh, there's so much, as well as like, it's like scary and uncomfortable, and I don't understand this. Like you're, you're standing up, you're sitting down, you're kneeling, you're doing all these things, but there's, there's reasons, and that's everything that we do as Catholics is founded in a reason. And right. so like we don't, and that's a, the beauty of the Catholic Church. You can go as deep into the depths as you want, and you can, and that's where like we will teach you to swim. Yeah. Wasn't it Polycarp that said that uh, the, the Catholic faith is so shallow a child can play in it, but so deep it could drown an elephant? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's the depth, and the, but I, I think that there's, an, there's like people who want the simplicity of kind of the simplicity of a faith, but like our hearts as well as our minds have to grapple with deep and sometimes dark and difficult issues. And that's why like the depths provide us with the security of knowing that there is guidance in the midst of the depths, there's still guidance. The Good Shepherd left us the Holy Spirit, Jesus left us and gave us the Holy Spirit to grow into the fullness of truth so that we would not be lost. Yeah. And so there's a guidance which is present. Yes, there's authority, and that authority is sometimes onerous and sometimes difficult to deal with because like, it, it, we, have to, we have to deal with, okay, well, how do I answer this question of authority and my need for authority and my need for guidance and a shepherd? And that's where like, I need to be taught as opposed to I can interpret this myself, whether it be the scriptures or just tradition and so forth. But like, I need guidance. And like Jesus came as the good shepherd. And that's also why like in that, what I'd encourage anyone who is investigating the Catholic Church is one, recognizing the, the need for a deep faith, but also recognizing like going to like, especially the Jewish roots. Mm. Like Scott Hahn is a great apologetist, yes. apologetical writer who writes about this. And he's written multiple books on this. And it's coming from like a Protestant who is evaluating the Catholic Church. And actually he started off in his, in his ministry, he started off actually trying to disprove Catholicism and he was like gonna really tackle it as a Protestant minister. And actually the more that he started investigating, especially like the Jewish roots, as well as the early church writers, uh, it led to his conversion, and, or it led to his uh, 
coming over into the Catholic Church and be embracing the fullness of Catholicism. A really big part of my conversion as well was reading what you were talking about with N.T. Wright. There was a whole school of thought that happened in Protestantism, specifically in the United States, but also in England as well, called the New Perspective on Paul. And the New Perspective was really old, which was Jesus was a Jew. And so was his his disciples. And so if we're ever going to really understand what Jesus is saying, we can't understand it from a modern, as you said, a 16th century understanding of Christianity. We really have to understand it from a Jewish perspective and what that meant going forward, what it meant to be a Christian from a Jewish perspective. I mean, that's because that's where it came from. I would say for me, it just encouraged people to check out. If you've never read John chapter 6, Open up your Bibles, read John chapter 6, and Jesus is very clear. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. But if you, And he uses very literal language there. And that, that took says, truly, with, truly, 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 amen, truly. amen. He says it over and over again. My flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life. Now that's the Eucharist, and that's what we have in the Catholic Church. Our, our, our you know, our... Uh, Preaching sometimes isn't great, or our music might not be great, or, or whatever it is, but we have the Eucharist. And I think that's what we call the source and the sum of our faith, that we have Jesus at the very center, not just to think about or have an idea, but to have that real tangible encounter with him in and through the Eucharist, which is in the Catholic Church. And, uh, you know, it's not symbolic in yeah, the Catholic not, Church. It's, it's not, not a idea, reminder. It's not invisible. Absolutely. So to grapple with that, in a sense, when you, when you understand that, everything else falls into place as well. So I want to thank you guys for this conversation. Um, hopefully this began to, to clarify whether Catholics are Christians, what Catholics and Christians have in common. And uh, if you are a Christian and want to know more about the Catholic faith, please check out our website, stdominicmedia.com. We've got lots of other great resources. We want to thank all those who are supporters of us on Patreon. And until next time, we'll see you here on Catholic in America.